Hello friends, I am your Christmas humble host here on the Library of Sound. Today we've got a funny show for you, the Phil Harris Alice Faye Show, a program originally broadcast on December 17th, 1950. And I'm not going to tell you what Phil has in mind to do on this show, but I can tell you this much. It's very funny, and you're going to have a good laugh along with me. Hope you enjoy the Phil Harris Alice Faye Show. From Hollywood, the Phil Harris Alice Faye Show. For your enjoyment, here is the Phil Harris Alice Faye Show, written by Ray Singer and Dick Chevrolet, with Elliot Lewis, Walter Tetley, Robert North, Janine Roos, Anne Whitfield, Walter Sharp and his music, yours truly, Bill Foreman, and starring Alice Faye and Phil Harris. It's only a week till Christmas, and Phil is having the same problem that a lot of men are having. What to get his wife for a present? I don't know what to get, Alice. She's got everything. A washing machine, an ironing board, rubber gloves, arch supporters. Phil, if I saw something Alice would love, it's a beautiful mutation mink, and it only costs $7,000. What are you, a shill for I.J. Fox? <laughs> That's all I gotta do, spend $7,000 for a mutilated mink. The least you can do is spend a little money on my sister. After all, she spent plenty on you. What did she ever spend on me? I have it all down here in the ledger. Starting from the day she married you, that day alone cost her $1,075. <laughs> 1000 What for? A pinstripe suit, a pair of yellow shoes, and a shave. Well, she was a star, and I didn't want to look like a bum when I let her down the aisle. Besides, that suit and shoes only cost $75. Now, what was the thousand spent for? To hush up the wedding. <laughs> it cost her a thousand for that? Cost 800 just to have the minister Shanghai to Singapore. Oh, so that's who sent me a postcard from China. I wondered about that guy. Well, Willie, I, I don't know. I guess the best thing for me to do is to ask Alice what she wants for Christmas. Hey, Alice! Alice, can I see you a minute there? I'll be with you as soon as I put down this ladies' home journal, which has an ad for a 1951 convertible, which if you get your order in now, is available for Christmas delivery, dear. (laughs) Now you know what she wants, Philip. Yes. And if she wants a year's subscription to the ladies' home journal, she shall have. (laughs) That ain't what I had in mind, Wonga. I thought a convertible would be a nice gift. So would a diamond-studded submarine. (laughs) But what do you need one for? Well, it's not so much for me. It's more for my mother. She loves to ride in a convertible with white wall tires. She wouldn't settle for a motorcycle with a sidecar, would she? (laughs) 
I don't think so. How about a Schwinn bicycle with a basket? <laughs> with that one, I'll throw in a pair of clips. <laughs> Bill, I was only kidding. You don't have to buy me anything for Christmas. After all, I have everything a girl could want. I have you. <laughs> You know something? You're right. <laughs> it would be kind of silly to try to top that, wouldn't it? <laughs> but, honey, I do want to get you... I want to get you a little something. Uh, what do you want? Oh, I don't want to tell you what I want. Just surprise me. Bring home an expensive little something. <laughs> I don't think I mentioned the word expensive. <laughs> So I'm ad-libbing. Oh. <laughs> well, look, I'll go downtown and buy you something now, and then I'll bring it home and give it to you. Oh, but, Phil, that isn't the Christmas spirit. The only people who give presents a week before Christmas are those who want to make sure they'll get something in return. Yeah, you're right. I guess it would be pretty kind of a cheap way of... Hit- Uh-oh, I'll get that. Oh, hiya, Frankie. Hiya, Curly, and here's your Christmas present. <laughs> We were just talking about people like you. Now, what's the idea of giving me my present so early? Don't you realize that people who give their... Hey, wait a minute. Most Christmas packages have a sticker that says, Do not open until Christmas. This one says, Do not open unless... <laughs> unless what? Unless you're planning on getting me something. <laughs> well, go ahead and open your present. Okay. Oh, Frankie, it's beautiful. You like it, huh? Oh, it's just what I've always wanted, a stomach pump. (laughs) Oh, Remley, I don't... Don't, don't try to thank me. Use it in good health. Gee, Rem, this is the nicest gift I ever received, and I want you to know that I'll always carry it close to my heart, Burn. <laughs> I know you'd like it, Curly. The kind of a thing a man never goes out and buys for himself. Oh, no. <laughs> Very practical. Fine. If you don't have any trouble with your stomach, you can use it as a bicycle pump. Or to blow up football. Yes, Frank. Yes, or good. if you That's reverse right. the suction, it can easily be converted into a Turkish water pipe. <laughs> Turkish water pipe. If you reverse if I was, Yes, I know. Will you stop already? Now, what do you got in the other package there? Oh, that's a present for Alice. What did you get her? An upper plate? <laughs> Look, Remley, why do you keep coming Hello, in here? Frank. Hi, Alice. I brought you a Christmas present. Oh, thank you very much, Frankie. Go ahead and open it. Well, it's not the right thing to do, but if you want me to, okay. Oh, Frankie... This is something I've always wanted. A collapsible scaling ladder. I know you'd appreciate it. Oh. Comes in very handy. Yeah, they are handy, honey. You might want to climb up and prune a tree sometime. <laughs> Maybe rob a bird's nest, a small one, you know. I mean, there's lots... Oh, never mind. Thank you very much for the present, Frankie. And now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going upstairs. I have some work to do. What are you going to do? Re-single the roof. <laughs> 
while I'm gone, Frankie, why don't you sing? Me sing? You know I don't sing, Alice. You're the one that does the singing around here. Oh, thank you, Frankie. I'll be glad to. <laughs> what an underhanded way to get into a song. <laughs> It's a lovely day today So whatever you've got to do You've got a lovely day to do it And that's true And I hope whatever you've got to do Is something that can be done by two For I'd really like to stay It's a lovely day today And whatever you've got to do I'd be so happy to be doing it with you But if you've got something that must be done And it can only be done by one There is nothing more to say Except it's a lovely day for saying It's a lovely day It's a lovely day No matter if it's springtime Something that can be done by two For I'd really like to stay Out in the sunshine It's a lovely day It's a lovely day And whatever you've got and to whatever do you I'd be so happy to be doing it with you But if you've got something that must be done And it can only be done by one There is nothing more to Again for that lovely present, Frankie. See you later. Hey, Curly. Uh, I got the impression that Alice wasn't too enthused with the scaling ladder I gave her. <laughs> but you know how women are. You didn't get her one like it for your anniversary, did you? <laughs> no, no. Hmm. Scaling ladders. <laughs> yeah, cute kid. Stomach pumps. <laughs> Where do you do your shopping, Ephraim? <laughs> Friend of mine has an Army and Navy surplus store. <laughs> if you haven't bought anything for Alice yet, he has just the thing for her. Yeah, what? Deep sea diving suit. <laughs> a deep sea diving suit for Alice? Yeah, and you can get it cheap. Has a leaky air hose. Wait. <laughs> Will you stop already? I'm in enough trouble. Now, look, I want to get something nice for Alice, something that costs about, well, about $200, but I only got about 50 <laughs> I wonder who I could borrow $150 from. If you need 150 bucks for Alice's present, there's only one person to borrow it from. Who? Alice. 
Don't be ridiculous. I couldn't ask Alice to give me money to buy her own present. Mm. That'd be a terrible thing to do. Mm. Besides, I did that last year. <laughs> hey, Curly, I got an idea. Don't tell her it's for her present. Tell her it's for a good cause. What good cause? Tell her you want to buy me an operation for Christmas. <laughs> an opera? Yeah, I could tell her you got a cork growing in your throat. <laughs> You know something she might go for that operation, Gaddy? Yeah, of course she will. She won't turn it down if she thinks my life's at stake. I'm not so sure. <laughs> but it's worth a try. Come on, we'll go in and ask her. Now, look, Remley, hmm? let me do the talking. You just act unhealthy. Right. Oh, Alice, I want to talk to you about Frankie. Oh, there you are. What about him? Honey, I got... I got bad news for you. Frankie... Needs an operation. An operation? Oh, Frankie, are you sick? <laughs> Frankie, that's a very bad cough. Well, I'm sorry you don't like it. I didn't have time to rehearse. Wait it. <laughs> Alice, don't pay any attention to him. He's just trying to laugh it off. Now, don't be silly, honey. This is really serious. This boy needs an operation. And he needs the best surgeon that money can buy. And unless you loan him the money, there's no telling what'll happen to him. Will you do it, Alice? Oh, of course I will. Here's a dollar, Frankie. <laughs> and don't forget to bring back the change. A dollar? What kind of an operation can I get for a buck? Yeah, it cost him more than that to have the ring removed from his nose. <laughs> Who are you trying to kid with this operation gag? What do you need the money for? All right, honey. I... Well, I... I... I wanted to buy a, a, a Christmas present for my mother. Oh, well, in that case, I'll be glad to let you have the money. What are you going to get her? Well, what would you suggest I, I get for Mom? How about a new wigwam? <laughs> it's my father that's got the Indian blood. And he never lived in a wigwam. His tribe are cliff dwellers. <laughs> In fact, Dad still has a callus on his hip from carrying his scaling ladder. <laughs> now, you're going to lend me the money or not? All right, I'll lend it to you. Well, thanks, dear. And look, I want you to come along and pick out... Well, pick out something nice for Mother. Something that... Something that you yourself would like. Uh-huh. Excuse me, dear. I'll go get my hat. Oh, he's so sweet. I know he's going shopping for my present. And this is my chance to get that sterling silver set I want. I'll be right back, Phil. Oh, okay, honey. Hey, Ram. Hmm? I got an idea. What? While Alice is gone, why don't you sing? <laughs> Me sing? Well, Curly, you're the... No, you know, I fell in that trap once today. I'm going to give you a lead-in, too. In that case, I'll have to do it without a lead-in. I'll get along. While I was walking down the beach one bright and sunny day, I saw a great big wooden box a-floating in the bay. I dragged it in and opened it up, but much to my surprise, ooh, I discovered a... 
Right before my eyes, ooh, I discovered a... Right before my eyes, I picked it up and ran to town as happy as a king. I took it to a friend of mine who'd buy most anything. But this is what he hollered at me as I walked in his shop. Oh, get out of here with that. Before I call a cop. Oh, get out of here with that. Before I call a cop. I turned around and got right out of running for my life. And then I took it home with me to give it to my wife. But this is what she hollered at me as I walked in the door. Oh, get out of here with that. And don't come back no more. Oh, get out of here with that. And don't come back no more. I wandered all around the town until I chanced to meet a hobo who was looking for a hand out on the street. He said he'd take most any old thing. He was a desperate man. But when I showed him the... He turned around and ran. Oh, when I showed him the... He turned around and ran. I wandered on for many years, a victim of my fate. Until one day I came upon St. Peter at the gate. But when I tried to take it inside, he told me where to go. Oh, get out of here with that. And take it down below. Oh, get out of here with that. And take it down below. The moral of this story is, if you're out on the beach and you should see a great big box and it's within your reach, don't ever stop and open it up. That's my advice to you. Cause you'll never get rid of them. No matter what you do, no, you'll never get rid of them. No matter what you do. goodness sakes, why did you bring me in this place? This is the swankiest store in town. I know, dear. But after all, nothing is too good for my mother-in-law. <laughs> I don't get it. Last year, she sent Mom a pair of celluloid dress shields with an eye shade to match. <laughs> Here's just the thing for your mother. Can I enjoy that line a minute without you? <laughs> I was trying to be so proper celluloid. I was going to... Well, go ahead, no, honey. No, here's was... just the thing for your mother. A set of sterling silver flatware, and it's only $500. Wait a minute. $500? Look, Alice, I want to get a nice present, but then I... we'll get the silver set. Oh, here comes the saleswoman. Ask her about it, Phil. All right. Uh, pardon me, miss. How do you do? What can I do for you, sir? <laughs> My wife tells me I'm interested in some sterling silver flatware. <laughs> oh, oh, certainly. Here's just the set for you. And I can let you have it for the ridiculously low price of $2,200. <laughs> You're going to have to get some sleep, Tallulah. <laughs> Look, uh, what makes you think I'm going to spend that kind of money? Oh, I can tell by looking at you that uh, you're not interested in anything cheap. 
Obviously, you're a man of breeding and culture and accustomed to nothing but the finer things in life. You're so right. <laughs> and I can see that you, too, are a person of breeding. I imagine you sit a polo pony exquisitely. <laughs> you tour of the social register, I presume. But of course. You see, I belong to the junior league. What's your batting average, dear? <laughs> Would you care to hit a few fungos or some hot brown? Frankie, please. I'd love to see your hook slide into third. All right. <laughs> Miss, I want you to show us that $500 set you have there. You see, it's for my husband's mother. Now, wait a minute, Alice. I don't want to spend $500 for something like this. It ain't practical. What do you mean, it ain't practical? <laughs> Why, surely your mother uses knives and forks at the dinner table? <laughs> well, mother does. But father's a finger man. <laughs> Being a cliff dweller, he never had an occasion. Don't do you explain it to me. <laughs> <laughs> I think you ought to buy this set. Oh, you won't regret it, sir. It has everything you need, including these lovely artichoke forks. Oh! <laughs> Aren't they delightful? That's the one thing that Daddy will use. Really? Oh, yes. He wouldn't think of eating buffalo meat with anything but an artichoke. <laughs> it's a tried thing, you know. Look, thanks a lot, lady. We may be back. Will you get out of here? Come on, Alice. Oh, Bill. Bill, why don't you stay here and think about the silver set? Meantime, I'll shop for your presents. See you later, boy. Yeah, so long, honey. Hey, Frankie. What's that? Don't you understand? I ain't kidding, Alice. She knows I'm shopping for her present. And I'd love to get her that silver set, but... Oh, Remley, I can't afford to spend 500 for it. Could you afford it if it cost eight and a half bucks? <laughs> hey, Curly, it's our friend Grogan. Well, so it is. Hiya, Scarface. When'd you get out? I ain't been in. <laughs> I ain't never gonna be in again. <laughs> You mean you're now in a legitimate business? My present reckon is open and above board. Rodney Grogan has become a philanthropist. For the holiday season, I'm helping people get their Christmas gifts. Well, now, there's a nice thought. Mm -hmm. What's the name of your philanthropic organization? The Yuletide Shoplifting Service. <laughs> What's philanthropic about a shoplifting service? You don't see no fighting in your nose, do you? I'll explain it to you. You see, some poor schlump, he sees a gift, see, that he wants for a loved one. Someone like maybe his child or his, or his mother or his parole officer. <laughs> or maybe even his old cellmate. You're getting the idea. Yeah. <laughs> Now, if you can't afford something, you see, then I heist it for you. I imagine you help a lot of people this way. Well, that's the least that I can do for my fellow human beings. <laughs> my shoplifting service, you see, it also saves the department stores a lot of money. How? They don't need no salespeople. 
Hey, Grogan, you're not in a very nice business. Why, what are you talking about? I bring happiness into the lives of little people. Take Twitchy Lewis, for instance. I'll show you. This guy wanted something for his mother. See, something that was feminine yet practical. But he couldn't afford what he wanted, so I heisted it for him. And it made his mother happy? Happy? Oh, yeah, yeah. You should have seen the expression on that little old lady's face when she unwrapped that Colt 45. <laughs> well, what's feminine about a revolver? It had a pile handle. <laughs> but then, of course, my, my biggest kick is getting gifts for kids. You shoplift for kids, too? Oh, yeah, sure, certainly. Yeah. Should have seen the toy I got for my little nephew. <laughs> yeah? He wanted a train for his birthday, see? So I went out and I lifted one for the little fella. <laughs> the toughest job I ever did. Why was it so tough? Well, I got him the chief that runs between here and Chicago. <laughs> hey, uh, I'm glad we ran into you, Grogue. You can help Curly. How? Well, you see that silver set on the counter there? He wants it for his wife, but he can't afford it. Now, wait a minute, Remley. Hold it. I don't want nothing shoplifted. Come on, Remley. Let's walk around the store and look for something somewhere else. Look. That's... Thank you very... See you later, Grogan. Swell guy, that Harris. He's honest, but nice. (laughs) I'm going to help him. If he can't afford that set for his wife, well, I'll get it for him. See? Let's... See, now, there's... uh... Dozen pieces to that silver set, and uh, fortunately, I am wearing my plaid overcoat with the twelve inside pockets. <laughs> While I'm at it, I'll throw in that tea set too, and uh, now I'll get to work. <laughs> Harris, I've been looking for you. Did you uh, you find a present for your wife yet? No, no, and I've been looking all over the store, bro. Oh, yeah, well, I'll bet you're tired. Yeah, huh? I am. I'm really yeah, tired. Yeah, well, that's because you got a chill. So, here, you take my overcoat. No, I don't need an overcoat. I ain't got no chill. Don't argue. When I say you got a chill, you got a chill. <laughs> Put it on. I do. Gee, that plaid looks great on you. Well... So long, Harris, and a Merry Christmas to you. Yeah, same to you, Grogan, but I don't really need this coat. I... Oh, well. Hey, that Grogan, he's a nice guy to think of my health, huh? Yeah. Come on, let's find Alice. Curly, come on, don't just stand there. I can't move, the coat's too heavy. <laughs> I wonder what he's got in this thing, anyway. Hold still, I'll look at the inside label. Hey, Grogan must be doing all right. Why? This coat's got a sterling silver lining. Silver? Oh, no! Oh, no, Grogan lifted that silver. Hey, wasn't it nice of him to heist this stuff for you? Not so loud, Remley. Quiet. Shh. If I get caught with this thing, I'll go to jail. Don't get excited, Curly. All you have to do is sneak it back on the counter. Yeah, after all, nobody knows I got the stuff on me. Not yet, but they're gonna know. (laughs) How are they gonna know? Did you overhear what we said? No, but I'm going to tell the cops anyway. Just a minute. Excuse me a minute, kid. Hey, Curly, here's your chance to get rid of the coat. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm glad I ran into that. Uh, Julius, I just brought your Christmas present, this beautiful plaid overcoat. Here you are, kid. Put it on. Wait a minute. It's too big for me. Hold still. There you are. (laughs) Perfect fit, ain't it, Hart? 
You said it, Chapter. <laughs> I was much like it. This thing is a mile too big on me. The sleeves hang down to the floor. A perfect fit for your ape-like arms. Yeah, go on. Take a few steps in the jock hole. Walk around a little. Let me see you operate. Okay. And this thing's too heavy. I can't move. Well, I'll give you a shove and get you started. There. Hey, what's causing this metallic noise when I walk? You've got too much iron in your blood. <laughs> hey, keep walking, kid. We'll see you around sometime. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, kid. Come back here, you guys. I don't want this go. Ah, oh, nuts. I guess I'm stuck with it. Unless I can palm it off on somebody else. Maybe I can even sell it to somebody. There's a lot of Christmas shoppers in the store who might like a plaid overcoat. <laughs> Hey, Curly, I wonder where Alice is. We looked all over the store. Well, she had a lot of Christmas shopping to do. She's busy. Maybe she... Uh-oh, there she comes now. Hi, oh, kid. sorry I kept you boys waiting, but I ran into Julius and... Never mind him. Did you find a present for my... Uh, my mother? No, no, dear, but I found a lovely gift for you. Yeah? What is it? This beautiful plaid overcoat. Here. Oh. Oh, no, Remley Jingle Jangle's back with us again. <laughs> hey, Alice, take that away. I don't want that. Oh, but, Bill, it's a stunning coat. And Julia said it's very warm. Warm? This darn thing is hot. Now drop it and let's get out of here. Bill, here's a visitor for you. Hey, it's Bob McLaughlin of Club Time, one of America's favorite disc jockeys. Hi, Bob. Hi, Bill. Thank you very much, Phil. About a year ago, I had the pleasure of presenting you with an award from the Disc Jockeys of America for your outstanding rendition of The Old Master Painter. But today, I have an even more pleasant job. You know, it's the fondest dream of every recording star to one day make a record that tops the million copy mark, and you've done it in less than six weeks. So on behalf of the RCA Victor Company and with the thanks of the nation's disc jockeys for the pleasure of your songs, we present you with this gold record. There you have it, friends, the Phil Harris Alice Bay Show from December 17th, 1950. I thought thought I'd let the story be a surprise for you. There you have Phil Harris trying to figure out what to buy his beautiful wife, Alice, for Christmas. (laughs) Oh, that was a good one. I like them funny Phil Harris Alice Bay Shows. You know, every one of them Phil Harris Alice Bay Shows are funny. And one of these days, we're going to feature that show on a weekly basis here on Sounds Like Radio. But for now, it's special editions, and in this case, a special Christmas edition of the Phil Harris Alice Bay Show. You know, Phil Harris was actually a band leader. Before he decided to be a funny man, he was a band leader. Yeah, he had his own big band during the 30s, 40s, and 50s, and well... In honor of that spirit of Phil Harris leading the band, we've got, oh, we've got a classy band here for you. We have the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra. Imagine if Phil Harris could lead this one. Yeah, here is the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra to do a Christmas medley. 
I think you're going to like this. It's very nice. Hooked on Christmas. There you have it, the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra, no less. Yeah, and a special Christmas medley. They call it Hooked on Christmas. Yeah, remember a few years back, they had Hooked on Swing, Hooked on whatever. Well, there you have a Hooked on Christmas from the Royal Philharmonic. I really like that, you know. A nice Christmas medley there. It brings us all up just the way the Phil Harris show did. Oh. From December 17th, 1950, I am your Christmas time host, your humble Christmas host, here on the Library of Sound. We hope you enjoyed today's show. I want to wish you all a very Merry Christmas. We will see you again next time here on Sounds Like Radio in the Library of Sound. Goodbye, everybody. Mm-hmm.